Hello and welcome to The Other Six Podcast, where we will discuss what it looks like to follow Jesus the other six days of the week. We'll discuss life, food, the recent sermon series of the North Liberty Church of Christ in North Liberty, Indiana. And welcome to the Other Six Podcast. On the podcast with me today is Patrick Andrews. Merry Christmas. And Ben Webb. Feliz Navidad. And my name is Preston. And we are going to do uh, some Christmassy conversations today. We're actually going to be looking at um, kind of the tail end of our series that we've been doing at North Liberty Church of Christ. Uh, We've done the series called Emmanuel, which is God with us. So we're going to talk about God being with us and how God has been with us uh, before Jesus, how he was with us through Jesus, and how he is with us since Jesus uh, has ascended back into heaven. Um, So we're going to get into that conversation a little bit later. But first, I mean, this, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, either Christmas just happened or it's about to happen. Uh, This should come out on the 23rd. And so uh, we're full into Christmas spirit. And most of us are already, um, you know, sitting with family, enjoying some some Christmas movies and all those kinds of things. And so I wanted to ask you guys, what are some of your favorite Christmas traditions that you have as your family? As, as our family now, um, we established this last year because this will be our second Christmas with Evelyn. Um, we um, do a string present, which is something that we've carried over from Leanne's traditions. As she grew up, there's one present that they tie a string to the doorknob of the bedroom, and they follow that to their present. And that's the first present you open that day. Oh, so okay. we're, we're doing that. Um, another thing. A, do I'm you sorry, hide the I've present never, somewhere? Uh, yeah, it's like somewhere not by the Christmas tree. It's somewhere else in the house. I've or, never heard of it. Did you come up with this, or is this a this thing? It's something Leanne's family did growing up. I've never heard of it. Really? Um, that's fascinating. That is fascinating. Them, I yeah, really like that. They did string presents growing up, and uh, that's something we're doing, too. So that's, that's so when you wake up, you find a string on your doorknob, Yep. and you grab it, and you follow you it to follow wherever. And usually the string is run all through the house and yeah. downstairs, back upstairs, and out to the garage, back in, like wherever you want it to go, and then there's a present at the end of it that you can open. That'll be your first present for the day. Huh. Yeah, I feel cool. like I wouldn't have the patience to actually follow the string. I would just run out and try to find like a part of the <laughs> string that I think is towards the end of the line. Right. <laughs> but then you're opening your sister's present and that's not good. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I guess that's a good point. Then okay, then as a parent, then I would really mess up my kids. I would tie the <laughs> tie two the strings, strings in a together. knot at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. I, I'd like braid them together for a good like foot. That is <laughs> make them have to trace it. <laughs> that is the sharpest 180 in the history of this podcast where you went from I would cheat to I would make my children miserable. That was incredible. No, it wouldn't be miserable. It would just give me the extra however many minutes of sleep on Christmas yeah, morning. Yeah, there you go, right? Something like that. And then uh, something else that we saw um, this is something that we didn't carry over from any of our traditions. My growing up, it was just wake up, go open presents and have whatever, um, for breakfast. But, um, the, uh, the one that we're kind of c- came up with or saw on Pinterest or something is like their door frame is, um, wrapped. So they have to bust out of their door frame. Oh, like, like as that's the first, like, I don't know, not the first present, but like it, they're busting out of, you're talking, you're talking about like NFL, of, like <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, big introductions. Yeah. 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 So that's something we did last year and like she tore through it this year, the whole door frame we're planning on doing the whole thing wrapped as a present and seeing if she can get out of there. <laughs> if not, then no Christmas for Evelyn this year. <laughs> we'll probably go in there around noon. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, the string present and then wrapping the door frame, like those kind of will coincide together. We're, I'm not sure how to do that because the doorknob is just supposed supposed to be like the string is on the doorknob, but if the door frame is wrapped, I'm not sure. To do the string first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Do that, wrap around the string and call it good. But those are those are kind of our traditions that we're going to try and carry mm-hmm. forward. But we'll see how it works out this year. But that's about it for us. Huh. Christmas morning traditions that is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Ben? Growing up, our our tradition, you know, we have the typical ones of baking cookies and meals and all that kind of stuff. But my family always did um, our present exchanges on the Christmas Eve. So, like, the evening of the 24th is when we would actually open all the presents. Um, and I think that came from me and my sister probably just being spoiled <laughs> by my grandparents and my uncle who would just – cater to us at my mom's Mm -hmm. demise (laughs) and to mess with her. And so it turned into a tradition of, well, this is now the expectation. They let us open on the 24th. So we're going to open on the 24th every year. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do. Christmas Eve is when we would all open up presents and do all that. And then that means uh, the next morning, you know, uh, the morning of Christmas day is actually when you wake up and we don't go just open presents. We go and we wake up mom and dad Mm -hmm. and then we go in and we open all the stuff from Santa and do all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And so that's kind of something unique for us that we would do. We would always do that Christmas Eve. Uh, one of my favorite Christmas memories, though, and I wouldn't necessarily call it a tradition because it, it didn't happen every year. But one of my favorite things, and this is the most Texas story that you may ever hear from me in my life, is um, we would take a rope and my, I would fall asleep with an end of the rope in my hand because we tried to set a trap for Santa. <laughs> okay. And so there was like a rope instead of a string on the doorknob, yeah. there's a rope that went through the house to in front of like the tree where mm-hmm. he would come in and stand and a, like a lasso. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a thing set up yeah. <laughs> to where somehow when he would step in it, I'd hear it and I could just pull and we'd catch <laughs> Santa. Sure. And so then every Christmas morning when I'd wake up, that rope would not usually be in my hand because I'd fallen asleep and I dropped mm-hmm. it at some point. And you'd go in to find the disappointment of how the trap worked every okay. single year, but because I was asleep, we didn't catch him. Like they would, the rope would all be all messed up and pulled away and everything else, and there'd be like a boot print or something in the middle of it, That's and cool. I always missed out That's on funny. catching Santa. So yeah. that was Santa. So that crafty. was a funny thing. Yeah, but I figured trying to lasso Santa in your sleep is the most Texan thing <laughs> that could ever happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had my family growing up. We had a lot of. We, my family's always been big on like traditions and, and my sister really likes traditions. And so if we do something one time, then it's a tradition at that point. And, uh, and so we, we would have a, uh, the same format for Christmas every single year. And I, and I loved it. Me and my sister would wake up, we'd go wake up my parents and then Santa would come, he would, he would have come into our fireplace, um, which is in the basement and he would leave our gift there. Uh, by the fireplace. And so the first thing we would do is we would go down and we would find out what Santa had brought us. And so we'd go and we'd, we'd get that and we'd play with that for a little bit. That was like our first, like mom and dad aren't really awake yet. And we're not ready to like start Christmas, but here's the, here's your big Santa gift that Santa got you this year. So you can start playing with that now while mom and dad went and, and got ready and did what they needed to do, to do for Christmas. And then my mom would go make cinnamon rolls. That's been a tradition for my family always is cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning is something that we always have to have. Um, we and then, usually do that too, yep. cinnamon rolls. And then after breakfast, and but like 
Okay, but for our family, it's not like, yeah, we usually do cinnamon rolls. It's if you don't do cinnamon rolls, then it's not Christmas. Sure. Like, you know, okay. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. because, because like I said, my sister's very much in this tradition mm-hmm. um, mindset. And so we would do cinnamon rolls and then we would come back into the living room and we would go around in a circle and we would all open um, presents. And my mom, my, my, my mom specifically for Brit, and she's still like this too. Um, when it comes to getting presents for me and my sister, it's, it, there's, must be fair and equal. So mm-hmm. she's like, even though neither of us care, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. like we're just we're just happy to be there on Christmas. Even to this day, uh, the amount of money that my parents spend on mine and my sister's Christmas are usually within like four dollars, mm-hmm. yeah. and and it's always the exact same number of gifts that are opened. So even if like if my sister got more things that were less expensive, my mom will package them together so that it's still the same number of gifts that are okay, being sure. opened yeah. <laughs> because in our family, we go around in a circle right. um, and open gifts, which I love, but it takes a really long time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was also really fun. The first year I went to my, my, in, my in-laws for Christmas and uh, I just show up in the door and they hand me a gift. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. And then they're all just looking at me like, are, are you going to open it? And I was like, I'm, I'm confused. Like usually we sit <laughs> we in a circle, circle right? and we do a little opening party and, but they're just like, and then I, I look around and everyone like, like all of the family just showed up and it's instantly just like, here's this, here's this gift. And they're just yeah. ripping it open. Like before you've taken your shoes off yeah. kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh-huh. they're opening their gifts. And I was like, this is chaotic and it's fun. Like yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed that as well, uh-huh. especially because you don't want like, you know, first time meeting some of your in-laws and they're just watching you open up your, <laughs> you know, underwear or whatever that yeah. <laughs> you got that year. So yeah, that was kind of fun. But yeah, that was, that was our Christmas tradition is th- those things in the morning. And then now Sarah and I go through like four Christmases, right. uh, cause we've got mine and my, me and her have our, our own Christmas that we do usually before we go home, uh, to be with family. And then we go home and we have the Christmas with my immediate family. We've got Christmas with my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. And then Sarah's um, immediate family and mm-hmm. Sarah's extended family. Yeah. And so it's like, we, it's like Christmas all day for like four days. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a really fun season, but it's busy it, yeah. and it's a lot of food. Do you guys have traditions like leading up to Christmas? Like my family now, one of the things we do is we do a puzzle. We do a Christmas mm-hmm. puzzle and we kind of get it all set up and set out and we put it downstairs and it's on a table. So it's kind of set up to where anyone can kind of go mess with it at any time, but it's also kind of out of the way to where you don't have to like live around. It. It's not a burden sure, to be yeah. in the home. And so we have that, that, that we do. And that's kind of like for us, it's Christmas season. Once we pull out the puzzle and we start just having it out and available. We'll watch Christmas movies or we'll put on Christmas music right. and just sit and do that. What's you guys like? have stuff like that? I don't, but I have questions about the puzzle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it like one of those really large count puzzles that takes a while? And then how, what's the time frame? When does the puzzle <laughs> get pulled out? So we pull, that's like part of it. Like it's when we finish decorating the house, the puzzle comes out. Okay. Um, last year we did a 2000 piece puzzle and it did not get completed oh, okay. because it was a little too much and it was a harder mm-hmm. puzzle and we kind of got sick of it. Sure. And so this year we made a change to a thousand piece puzzle and, uh, it's already completed, Okay. which is kind of early. And so sure. I don't know if that means we're in the 1500 piece range. <laughs> I don't know if that means yeah. maybe, uh, we had more participation. So it, when we first started out, it was kind of just me and Callie would do it. Uh, and then I Baylor's come along. He started doing the puzzles with us. And then this year, even Benton was willing to sit okay. down and do puzzle and do nice. a lot of it. And so it, 
it got completed really quickly this year. Mm. Um, we're talking about taking a puzzle with us on our trips for Christmas that we could have that to do in other places as well and do another one. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if the puzzle we did this year was just that easy sure. or if it was just more we're just getting better at it because there's yeah. more participation yeah. too. I don't know. That's cool. Do you reuse puzzles? No. What Have you ever if done I, a puzzle twice? Not a large one, like little ones, yeah. Yeah. Like a, like small ones, but a large puzzle, no. So what do you do with a puzzle when you like just put it in your box and then it, keep it? It eventually ends up at Goodwill, I think, my, is what happens. My mom loves puzzles, and this is getting away from the Christmas, <laughs> the Christmas <laughs> but puzzles. Um, she is like part of like a puzzle exchange Facebook group. So you do a puzzle, say, hey, I've got this puzzle. Give me one of yours, and I'll give you this one. And they just swap puzzles. That's cool. Dude, that is yeah. brilliant. That is a cool. Yeah. That's a great. Uh, I, I have an aunt when I was little who would save puzzles. So it's like she would do them and then she'd put a layer of glue on them, mm-hmm. like a clear glue, yeah. and then frame them. Right. And so her artwork in her home was puzzles. Yeah. yeah. And she had those everywhere. And I remember as a kid thinking that was really strange. As an adult, I think it's really strange. Yeah. But, <laughs> I think it's still strange. But it was cool. Like it's yeah. different. It's yeah. unique. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's at least that. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I have the redone puzzles. I have... Uh, I have one puzzle that I actually really like um, just because it, it's a themed after a video game and it's a really colorful, like the art on it is really nice and it's not too hard, but it's, uh, I think it's a maybe 750 or maybe it's a thousand pieces. So it's up there. It takes, you know, if me and Sarah do it, it'll take us a week of on and off mm-hmm. doing it. Um, I think it took us about a week exactly to do our puzzle. But okay. one of the reasons I really like this specific puzzle is because it's the only puzzle I have that I think it's the only puzzle I've ever done that I have every single piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I Every single puzzle, it doesn't matter if I buy a brand new puzzle from the store and bring it home, somehow, some way, this, they're missing pieces. Yeah, This is the first year that we complete a puzzle with all pieces. Mm. Yeah. And I think maybe the first year we did it, we accomplished that. But since then, I mean, we've got dogs in our home. And yeah. so if a puzzle piece falls, we don't know it's on the ground until we pull it out of our dog's mouth. Right. right. And it's yeah. destroyed. <laughs> so this year we were very attentive to that and succeeded. We got all the pieces done. I, I mean, I've been very attentive to it before, and I've still, like, it. there's just been a missing piece somewhere. I don't know mm-hmm. how that happens. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a thing that is just you just expect with puzzles or something, but I don't know. This, uh, this one, though, we've always had all the pieces. I've done it three or four times, and I'm always very careful to make sure they all get back <laughs> in the box because mm-hmm. uh, I actually really, really like having to, the the – the attitude of being able to complete something fully is so much greater than when you do it and you're like, yeah, but there's that missing piece mm-hmm. there. So when you finish a puzzle and there's a piece missing, it's the you don't even feeling. see the puzzle. You see that yeah, empty yeah. blank <laughs> spot right <laughs> yeah. in the middle. And you lose all feeling of accomplishment. Right. <laughs> but back to conversation. Right. <laughs> is there any other things that you guys do like leading up like, to Christmas? We always like the Christmas season starts officially the day after Thanksgiving. We put up decorations and do all that. Um, and that's usually when Christmas music's playing in the house, movies are in the background. But we, I, I can't think of anything that's like real like tradition, like leading up right to the Christmas day. Yeah. Um, my mom always gets us an ornament, like usually after Thanksgiving. Um, my Sarah and I usually get um, Christmas pajamas every year, like a new pair of pajamas, which I don't really wear pajamas. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, <laughs> It doesn't help me all that much, but it's still, it's something that we do. That's really probably, and then just watching Christmas movies like everybody else. Um, 
we watch a lot of a lot of Christmas movies. I just thought of one. We norm we will normally Leanne and I will make sure we go through Michigan City has their park that's by the lake. Mm-hmm. They do tons of Christmas lights all through there, and we'll usually make make sure we find mm-hmm. at least one evening and go out and do that. That's where we got engaged. So okay. it's like we think back on mm-hmm. around that time. Was it a Christmas season you got engaged? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's cool. We we I we got engaged the day that they turn all the Christmas lights on. So cool. they have like a parade and stuff. So we went and did all that. But so it was kind of like a, a yeah. something to remember and. It's just kind of fun. Yeah. A lot of people in our area go up to uh, Winding Brook. Is yeah, that what it's I called? Think I think Winding Brook up, in, up in yeah. South Bend mm-hmm. up there. Uh, years ago when we first moved here, the Flex had first invited us to go up there and do that. And they would take us to Five Guys. And so we would like go eat dinner at Five Guys, and then we'd drive through Winding Brook and mm-hmm. look at all that and – we actually did that this year. So, nice. like, that's kind of a tradition. We went and ate dinner at Five Guys. We went to a the Flex a started music, for you. Yeah, we went to a music <laughs> program, and then we afterwards we went to Winding Brook, and then afterwards we tried to go to Krispy Kreme afterwards for like dessert. It's like ten at night, <laughs> but they were not open. Oh, really? bummer. Yeah, I, th- I thought Krispy Kreme was a twenty four hour thing. They they have newer hours because of mm. everything. Uh, so when we got there, it said that they were open till eleven, mm, but they but then there was a like a. Uh, like a printed out yeah. piece of paper that was yeah. taped to the window right next to where their hours were that said right now they're only open till eight. Mm. So we missed out. That's a bummer. It is because yeah. I was really looking forward to that part of the night. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. North Liberty Church of Christ supports a mission called Fame. We like to do this in every episode of ours that we like to highlight a mission that's doing good work for the kingdom of God in other places in the world. And so tonight we, or today we want to tell you about Fame. Fame stands for the Fellowship of Associates of Medical Evangelism. Founded in 1970, FAME has helped build over 70 facilities in 29 countries. Their core values are evangelism, compassion, empowerment, sustainability, and partnership. Their core activities are, going, are giving by supporting sustainable healthcare projects, sending medical supplies and medicine, and by mobilizing short-term missions trips. Uh, FAME does some really cool work all over the globe providing health care to, to people who are desperately in need of it. And if that's something you're curious about or interested in or something you'd like to learn more about, please visit northliberty.cc slash missions. At North Liberty Church of Christ, we've been going through this series called Emmanuel, which uh, many of us know that is a Hebrew word that means the phrase God with us or God is with us. Uh, first used in Isaiah chapter 7, I believe. Um, and uh, and it's, am I wrong on that? You give me a face. No, I don't know. I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with yes. Isaiah chapter seven. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> um, was when it was first, uh, at least first used in scripture, um, and uh, that's God is with us, and um, which is interesting because we mostly associate it with the Christmas season, but Isaiah was written over 700 years prior to Jesus being mm-hmm. born, and uh, so we've got. Um, this this phrase Emmanuel God with us and and we use it in the Christmas season to show God was born a human God was born um, here on earth and in, in physical form he is here um, you know we can Jesus was a, a little bit different than God with us in any other way because Jesus was something you could pick up and you could hold and and coddle and um, you could touch um, Jesus. a very physical yeah. human experience yeah but um, it's also important to note that God with us through Jesus is not the only form that God is is with us. And so I wanted to talk today about some of these different ways that God is is with us. This Emmanuel goes of a lot farther beyond the 33 or so years that Jesus was present on this earth. That's um, one of the things I really like about this series that we're doing is that it's, it's very much a Christmas series because we're talking about Jesus and 
baby form showing up on earth and God with us, he receives that name Emmanuel. But what we're seeing is that it's not like that's limited to when yeah. he is with us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and it's not, that's when he reveals himself in human yeah. form, but that he has been with us. Right. It's not God with them 2000 yeah. years ago, uh, in Jerusalem or in, in Bethlehem. It's God with us, humanity, um, you know, humankind, yeah. God is with us. Yeah. And so we're going to look through some of the times in the Old Testament where God has proven to be with us, some of the different ways that God was, or in the forms that God was with us in the Old Testament. And we're going to also look through some of the New Testament and see how even after Jesus ascended and left um, earth, he is, God is still present with us in some other different ways now. So let's start with the Old Testament. Uh, when, when we use this phrase, God with us, what's the kind of the first ones that come to mind? The first thing that crosses my mind is the Exodus account of the nation of Israel leaving Egypt and that God was with them in the form of a cloud uh, that would lead them during the day. He was with them in the form of a, of a pillar of fire at night mm-hmm. where he would protect them. So it was a very visual thing that you could see God was with us. Yeah. And I really like that because it's, it's always visible, always present. There are sometimes where we feel like God is with us in, in some situations and maybe not in other situations or, you know, we're in, even in the series, God is with us on the mountaintop, but in the valley we feel alone. Mm-hmm. And God being there during the day with a, a pillar of cloud and during the night with a pillar of fire, you, they would always have that visual, that, the, the constant reminder that he was there, even when it's dark. I think um, we're such, humans are so visual in the sense of it's hard to, comprehend or know things that mm-hmm. you can't see or things that mm-hmm. you can't touch. And so I think these ways in which God just uh, revealed himself in very physical forms that could be visual, that, that could be touched, although I wouldn't encourage touching a pillar of fire, but I mean, it could be touched. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, I think that's so valuable in a very practical sense, yeah, right? Sure. Like it's, yeah. it's not an emotional thing. It's not a, it's not a mental thing. It's not a, spiritual experiential thing but it's a you can see it it's just right there in front of you Mm -hmm. speaking of people touching fire that's actually my um my the the first thing that comes to mind when i think of god with us in the old testament is shadrach meshach and abednego in the fiery furnace and i really like this story because it wasn't um i I think god being with him in that scenario goes a lot bigger than just god protected them from fire which he did very much so but it was it had to do with it was an injustice that was happening in that time it was um, the, the king was forcing people to bow down and worship him as a god, and you've got these, uh, these guys who refused to, to take part in that, and, and they stood up for what they believed in, and that was scary, even though it was life-threatening, and honestly, they could have died, and they would have been happy with that. Like, they had no idea that God was with them in that, you know, context. They just knew that you know, they were at least with God, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they were willing to take that stand. Um, but because they stood up for their faith and because they stood up for this injustice, um, God was with them through that. And as a response to, or as a result of God being with them in that, you see, you see people come to a clear understanding of who God is. You see the Mm -hmm. King say, well, who is this? Mm -hmm. Like God, God is with you. My God isn't with me. Mm -hmm. And, but God is with you. There's something unique about this. And he, he changed laws because God was with these three mm-hmm. guys. I think that's incredible, um, just testament to the, like the, the impact that God with us actually has, um, not just on ourselves but on the people around us. And if we can live a life that demonstrates 
God with us, then we might also have a, a similar impact as well. I think there's some power in that. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to the Old Testament, I, I when I was first thinking about it, I was thinking of, of creation and in the garden. He was mm-hmm. walking with Adam. Um, um, I don't really have a ton of stuff to say about that, but that's just the first thing that pops in my head. It's like he was yeah. there with the creation, with his with Adam, yeah. um, right from the get go. And I think like as soon as he, as human was created, yeah. God was with them. And that's what's noteworthy is that was the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is yeah. God God with us? That was the intention. God with us isn't a isn't supposed to be a solution. That was the mm-hmm. plan yeah. from the beginning. Right. Um, and and I think Jesus was a kind of a reminder and a fulfillment of. No, we're getting back to, we're getting back to this relationship with God that we're designed to have. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I still even like within the Old Testament. I think the prophets. One of the one of the big questions for me, and we'll talk about this when we get to New Testament, is the role of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and how He is kind of the replacement of Jesus. And Jesus says He's better. Again, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But that doesn't mean that's even when the Holy Spirit begins you see the Holy Spirit interacting and, and existing in the Old Testament stories as well. Uh, it's not the same kind of context of what we see in the New Testament, but he's playing a role. And you see him specifically in the context of like the prophets, where where a word of the Lord comes to them and they communicate. That's the work of the Holy Spirit is coming upon them. And you'll read where it says the Spirit came upon them. Uh, one of the ones where you see that is Moses. Like Moses is considered a prophet because that's kind of what happened, that God spoke through his Spirit through Moses, that that even as Moses was doing his hard work of saving his people out of Egypt, but then also leading his people once they left Egypt, all those kind of things, that, that God was with him, not just in the cloud and the pillar, but he was with him in word and, and communication, that he was present and involved. Um, and so I, But it's not just Moses either. I, you see that in Isaiah. You see it in El, uh, Elijah. You see it in uh, all, all the different uh, kinds of... Uh, prophets, Jeremiah, all of them throughout the Old Testament, that, that the Spirit of the Lord is on them or with them um, in those kinds of practical ways. You, uh, you've got this story of, of Elijah trying to listen to God, and he's in, in you know, is, he's the, the winds come. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. Jody just this. preached on all that, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. trying to remember the, the order of the events. There's, there's a wind, there's an earthquake, fire. there's a fire. Yeah, so all of these things come, and he's listening for God, and he's, he's not there, he's not mm-hmm. there, he's not with us, he's, he's not present, and then... It says, and, and then the voice of the Lord came in the form of a whisper. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful because it's not just God is with us. It's not just God is like here. It's not just God is watching and, and God is present. It's that God is so close mm-hmm. that he can whisper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's an, an, I think there's an importance in that as well. And just that sometimes we imagine God as just this big uh, concept that exists outside of our reality. Mm-hmm. Um, just this ambient being up in the sky, looking down on all of us ants. Mm-hmm. And that's just not God with us destroys that idea. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't God over us. Um, I mean, although he is sovereign and, uh, you know, but this is much more powerful than that. God mm-hmm. is actually, God is with you. He's next to you so close that he could whisper and, and you, you would hear it. Mm-hmm. Old Testament's full of it. I mean, you look at the, the, Books like Judges or, or you know, the the historical books of the nation of Israel, like First and Second Kings or Chronicles or First and Second Samuel, where there is um, these fights or battles that are taking place between Israel and different nations and armies and stuff that's going on. And you'll find phrases throughout all that of 
trust, go, go forward and, and confidence because I'm with you. You know, mm-hmm. like you'll find all that kind of language all over the place. Um, in the new Testament, one of the things that's most uh, interesting to me, and this is just a fascinating thing to, to dwell on and think about, especially for us who are very visual, very like physical touch oriented. Like if I can see it, if I could touch it, if I could taste it, if I, whatever that helps me understand what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how we treat things. You have this moment, it's in John chapter 16, verse 7, where Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And it's this this strange moment where we can't comprehend anything better than Jesus sitting next Mm -hmm. to me. I would love to have been the shepherds who showed up to see baby Jesus, or to have been one of the wise men, or to be like Joseph's best friend, <laughs> you know, right, like, yeah. like I would have loved to have been in those kind of situations to where I could have been around him in physical form to have been his disciple, to have been in a town where he came in and taught how cool and impressive would that have been. And even so Jesus says, no, there's actually something even better and that it's actually better for me to leave mm-hmm. the physical existence of what you guys can very easily comprehend for something that's, it's harder to comprehend, but it's actually better mm-hmm. and superior. It, well, and it is really hard to comprehend because how many times have, have we heard, well, I can't believe in God because there's no evidence. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like yeah. if you could touch Jesus, you know, just mm-hmm. like doubting Thomas, like mm-hmm. yeah. he, he was able to, to see Jesus's scars and say yeah. like, oh, this is Jesus. Now, yeah. now I believe. And we don't get that opportunity. And so for us, it's like, man, was, is that really better? Because I yeah. uh, I think it'd be better if you just like if you came to me in the form yeah. of an earthquake. Tom, yeah, <laughs> Thomas wants to believe, but it'd be easier if I could stick my fingers in his side. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus says, "Blessed are you because you got to see, but blessed are those who believe without seeing." Yeah. Right. And that's that's the context we find ourselves in, and that there's something more blessed about that, and that Jesus says it's actually better for us because of the Holy Spirit, the act of the Holy Spirit as God invested in our lives um, through baptism. He makes a permanent residence within us that he chooses to be invested full time in us and, and through us um, is better than Jesus sitting next to me on the bus. Mm-hmm. It's it, He's living in me. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about God with us post Jesus in his life, it opens up all sorts of doors here because you're looking at the Holy Spirit active and present in your life. That's God with you yeah. always. Like there always. isn't, there isn't a gap. There isn't. Right. It's it's not like what we see in the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit kind of comes and goes as God directs and as it's right. as He's led and 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 or, the prophets have Him for a period but then yeah. moves on. But uh, but even the in the thing. Old Testament, you see a lot of God with the prophets, mm-hmm. um, but we don't always see God with the people. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, there's the Israelites, but they're still like He's still in a physical yeah. manifestation. They they have the they have the tent temple that they set up. Right. They have the Ark of the Covenant. That's where God is. He's there, but mm-hmm. we can't go in there, so right. we can't be with him. There, there's a there's kind of a separation difficulty barriers that exist there. Um, but the Holy Spirit is no. He's not. He's not with them again. Like that's the whole thing. Yeah. He's not with them. Yeah. He's he's with you. He's with us. Yeah. New Testament barriers are gone. Yeah. Barriers are gone, and that's. Read through the book of Acts and read the stories of the work. I mean, Acts, uh, I, I remember this from our days in college. Acts, actually, the, the name of that book is the Acts of the Apostles. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like a historical book of the early church. But I remember in college, one of our professors saying it would be better if it was the Acts of the Spirit. 
because that's really what's going on in the book of Acts is that it's the Holy Spirit is moving and, and acting and directing and people are getting in touch and tune with that and incredible explosive growth is happening right. because of it. Well, and that's basically are, where the book of Acts starts. You, it starts with yeah. Jesus ascending into heaven mm-hmm. and then Acts 2, we see the tongues of fire. Yeah, drops down and you have this incredible miracle of, of communication take place and mm-hmm. speaking and in hearing and people are converted because they're blown away by this message and what it means. And from the get-go, we see the Holy Spirit is more, and, and this is, man, this is maybe dangerous to say, but I'll, I'll say it, and then you guys can tell me if this was stupid or not. <laughs> it seems the, the Holy Spirit is more evangelistic than Jesus in the sense that Jesus came, he had a message, people came to him, people walked away from him, whatever else. The Holy Spirit shows up on scene, and it's, it's explosive. It, it, it's kind of a different deal altogether. I would say that it's Jesus's message. I would agree, but I, I think it's because the Holy Spirit and Jesus serve different, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't different roles mm-hmm. in fulfilling who God is. Jesus came for a very specific reason. Well, one to seek and to save the lost, which kind of blows your thing out of the water with, mm-hmm. <laughs> which which and which he does. Yeah, he, he does, and he does, and he he grabs thousands of followers and and. Uh, performs many, many miracles. But ultimately, the reason Jesus came to earth was so that he could die. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was the only one that could do that because mm-hmm. he was the only one that was human. Um, out of out of the different forms of God, Holy Spirit isn't physical. Like, the Holy Spirit, death isn't an option mm-hmm. for the Holy yeah. Spirit because it's not human. Jesus, um, man, I can't remember who this was. I was listening to him on a podcast the other day, and I wish I could remember the name for you guys. But he was pointing out how in order for God to become human, he had to release release some of his godness. Like he was still 100% God. But also, if you think God is omnipotent, Jesus wasn't. Um, Jesus was a baby. You know, like there, there's, not a, there's not a two-year-old Jesus who knows all the secrets of the universe. He, there was humanity to him. Um, and in the same way, his death is like, God is not able to die. Right. <laughs> but Jesus died even mm-hmm. though he is god and, and i know there's a lot of complexities that goes in with that right. but it's just showing jesus and the holy spirit serve two very mm-hmm. different roles mm-hmm. part of the same god but two very different purposes the holy spirit's role is to empower believers to spread the kingdom post jesus leaving the earth yeah. to spread this good news this gospel of jesus christ even after it seems like god is no longer with right. us mm-hmm. he is with us in even a greater more broad sense, mm-hmm. but it's through us and empowering us to to continue spreading and evangelizing. One of the themes of the book of Acts is the all-inclusiveness of that. Mm-hmm. So you look at the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was there. Some people had access to him. Some people, most people didn't. It was kind of an exclusive club of what that looked like until Jesus kind of broke those barriers. And there, and there were very rare times where anyone outside of the Israelites, God was yeah, with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, so then in the book Acts, you have these moments where Peter has this incredible vision that he's supposed to eat animals that his whole life he's been told he's not allowed to eat. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange. That's a, that's a weird dream to have, whatever. Okay, you wake up and then you fall asleep and you have another dream and God's like, I need you to go talk to this guy named Cornelius and present them with the gospel. And he goes and but they're not, they're not Jewish mm-hmm. and they accept the gospel and the Holy spirit comes on them. And Peter's sitting there looking at this, like, Whoa, I didn't know this was possible. I thought this, I thought this was for us. I didn't know it was for them. And then he, he has these dreams about these animals that he can eat and not eat and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden these barriers start breaking down when you realize this isn't a, this isn't a God of in the Ark of the covenant. This isn't a God in the cloud or a pillar of fire anymore. 
This isn't even God in the form of Jesus and a man. This isn't God to the prophets or to the high priest who can access this. This is a God for everybody, mm-hmm. that, that there is all these barriers are absolutely gone, and that when we say God with us, that is, this is a very literal term of what we're talking about here. This is not a figurative thing, that in the acceptance of Jesus and the belief in him as our Savior, an uh, acceptance of him and his work for us as, as a Savior and his death for us, but also then his conquering of death and raising back from the dead. He takes care of our sin problem. He takes care of our death problem. When we accept those things, and the Bible says very specifically and very literally in, in, in my understanding, that when you are baptized, that is the moment that the Holy Spirit makes that permanent mm-hmm. residence in you. Mm-hmm. It, it's then No one comes to the Father except through the work of the Holy Spirit. Like He leads us through that to make those decisions, so he's involved, but he's not yours 100% up until you have that decision when you right. go through that. And so that's where, uh, you know, we talk about God with us. It's a very literal thing. Yeah. Emmanuel, very literal for those who've accepted Jesus and, and been baptized in his name. Yeah. If you listen to when, when my message a couple of weeks ago on the God with us, one of the things I did mention was um, God with us is not the same as when, you know, you're, you're sick and someone leaves a, a Facebook message for you that says, Oh, I'm with you in spirit. And it's not like getting a card in the mail that says like, I'm praying for you. I'm with, you no, know, God is with God is with you, like he is next to you, he is in you, he is through you, he is in the most literal and amazing sense of the word, he is with you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of power with that that is is worth dwelling on and, and meditating on way beyond just this, oh yeah, I've got God, you know, I've got God, it's all good. Yeah, and, and it's easy to connect with that through the word of Christ with like the scriptures that we have available to us. And with Second Timothy 3, 16, um, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness. Um, so he's with us. And for us that are physical, need to see the sight, need those things, we have this book mm-hmm. that we can physically go to Mm-hmm. And to read and that helps and reveal himself to reveal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just it's good. Yeah. Uh, and that's just another form that that God yeah. is with. You know, He's with mm-hmm. us in the Holy Spirit. He's also with us in the in the very physical, tangible words of the Bible, where that's His chosen method to reveal Himself to us in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, most frequently and easiest to access way mm-hmm. to know who God is is through His Word, and yeah. and I think that's another way that God is with us in that, mm-hmm. and. Talk about with you, carry it in your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you get down on your cell phone. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, you can't get away from it. I mean, yeah, even the scriptures at one point in history were not something God with us. Mm-hmm. It was to the select few. It looked more like the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But we live in a world now where everyone has access to it in a very real, tangible way. Um, there used to be a time, I'm old enough, you guys are probably a little bit younger. <laughs> there used to be a time, and, and to some extent it still happens, but there used to be a time when. Uh, people would not have a Bible to where if they were curious or interested in trying to learn more, that churches would have Bibles that they would give out and give to people. Mm -hmm. That's hardly ever heard of anymore Mm -hmm. uh, because everyone has a phone. Just just about everyone has a a smartphone, which means that... Or at least access to to the internet. Or at least access to the internet, which means that you can either on your phone, download an app, now you have the Bible. Yeah, for free. Yeah, yeah. Or you can jump on the internet. Bible.com is mm-hmm. the Bible translated in all sorts of different versions, and, and it's fantastic. And so um, access to Scripture for every single person, even that is a way in which God is with us very literally and for everybody. It's yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah. not a in limited thing. In every link, like, I mean, there's 
there's still a couple languages out there that we haven't been able to translate it to, but it's every language mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got a friend who's doing that work. He's, yeah. he's, he, uh, I can't even tell you which part of the world he's in. Not that anybody would be listening or know that, but, but he's, <laughs> he's developing a written language for a people group who don't have a written mm-hmm. language. And then he's using that to translate the scriptures into their language and then teaching them to read their own language through the Bible, hmm. which so is just cool. phenomenal. That you know, cool. like he's, yeah. he's creating it for Very them. He's cool. giving them something, but it's also coming in the form of the message of God. Yeah. So that's, that's just fantastic. And if you want to take God with us through scripture one step further, if, um, if you have ever practiced the art of memorizing scripture, or mm-hmm. if that's uh, something that you, you try to do or struggle to do, I know it's something I struggle to do, but it's something I do, I do practice and I have to practice it. Um, because if I don't, then I won't. Uh, it's cause mm-hmm. it's not something that comes yeah. naturally to me, but mm-hmm. that's, that's God with us even to another level where you're not just, it's not just God with us on my phone. It's God with me in my heart and in my mind that I'm internalizing these words of God and uh, trying to allow those words to actually transform me. Um, just showing God, God being with me and his transformational power with me. Um, is it just a, another way that we can we can have God with us even in, in 2021? One more way of all the things that we've talked about that I think is very valuable when we think of post Jesus in the physical form and how God is with us is through prayer. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different scripture that speaks about prayer. The one for me that that stands out significantly here is just the very simple pray continuously. Mm -hmm. Because if, if if we can mentally attain to the idea that God is with us, then we can pray continuously because we just see him as being with right. us all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a, it's kind of a switch, at least the way I see it in my mind, that if I can kind of flip that switch and recognize he's with me always, it means I can pray always. It mm-hmm. means I can talk to him at any point. It's not the formal prayers. Like when I see my wife after the day when I've been at work and she's been at work, when I when I get to her, I don't go, dear Christina. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> you know, like, like I don't have to yeah. dress her that way. I just say, hey. Here's what's going on in my day. Yeah, and we yeah. talk, and, we, and right. it's a back-and-forth conversation. If we can begin seeing God with us in that same kind of a context, it means that I don't have to introduce myself when we start a conversation. <laughs> it means I don't yeah. have to formally bring about a request. or It means I'm like, hey, God, I, I was just thinking about this. And you just talk to him as if he's sitting right next to you. Man, or That is right so there. cool. I, yeah. I didn't see us going here, but mm-hmm. that changes the way that changes prayer. God, mm-hmm. God with us changes the way that we understand prayer. That is so incredible. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. Man, that's cool. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, just, I don't. Know. I just is, really like that. It's really cool. It changes things because it's, you're right. If I'm sitting next to my wife in the car, I'm not going to go, "Dear Sarah, <laughs> yeah. today yeah. I did this. Could you please?" <laughs> no, the, the whole format of prayer like that is under the assumption that I'm sending a message to him. Right. Mm-hmm. It's as if he's not here. Now, I get formal kind of stuff and prayer. I have some hangups on some of that kind of stuff. There's some people who feel like if you're going to pray, you have to take your hat off. Mm-hmm. I think that's our cultural standards. I don't think that's a God standard. Although, I mean, there's stuff in the Old Testament that talks about when you pray, your head shouldn't be covered. I even know like that stuff's there. I get it. If I'm going to live in a context of pray continuously, it means that I'm going to pray with my hat's on. I'm going to pray with my hat's off. Right. Like it's not about my hat. Mm-hmm. It's about this relationship. Yeah. But sometimes we, we treat prayer like it's such a formal thing. We There's a reality of when I'm praying, I'm stepping into the throne room of God. Mm-hmm. But the throne room of God is in me. Like, like mm-hmm. I don't have to go there to present my petitions to him. He's with me. He's, he's where I'm at. He's in my basement in the middle of the afternoon. He is... Uh, 
on the bathroom floor on the worst day of my life. He is uh, in the car with me when I'm bored or, or I just don't have anything else to do or think. Like he's, he's with me. I don't have to go to him right. to communicate this stuff and to pray. He's with me. He's, he's already where I'm at. I just have to talk. Mm-hmm. And so I understand the formality of prayer. I understand the, 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 the dear God. I understand the amen I, uh, right. in Jesus' name. Like I, I get all that kind of stuff. I mean, part but the of other part of it is, man, just if he's with you, you're going to talk to him differently. I'm going to talk to him differently if I see him as being present in my life than as if I have to, I have to stop what I'm doing to now approach the throne room of sure, God to right, him to be yeah. able to communicate with yeah. him. I don't, that, that has a time and a place. Right. But I don't think that's the predominant way in which we yeah, ought to I think mean, about like prayer. Corporate prayer and, and praying as a group, you're not, you're not going to get away from that because you know, that at, at that moment you are sending a prayer on behalf of a group of people. You know, that is, that is kind of a sending kind of spirit and, and attitude in that setting. But um, yeah, when, man, I think that can revolutionize how you pray yeah, with definitely. this perspective. Oh yeah. Because then it's, because even then it's not a dear God, it's a God, we know you're in the room with us right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know you're here. And this is, this is where we are. This is our heart's desire. This is how we want to interact. You know, what, whatever else it may be. Right. And it changes, changes and, what that sounds like. And one more cool thing with this is, and I think part of that formality of like taking our hat off and, and dear God, and you know, trying to say the right words in prayer. I think part of that is, we see God as sovereign. We see God as king, and he is, but that's kind of intimidating with, mm-hmm. man, I'm taking this to God, but that's, I mean, that's God. Like, this is yeah. a big deal. I feel like God, a Disney movie, like I'm approaching the throne <laughs> yeah. and I have to do it with the right and reverence. And if you do it wrong, then he's going to, yeah. like, you know, kick you off yeah. the, like, uh, what is that? Emperor's New Groove. Like, throws him off But God with us, I think, is important because God is not us with God. God chooses yeah, and has right, chosen yeah. mm-hmm to be with us. He wants that relationship. He He's following. He is with you. He, he is, is consistently chosen to come where we are. Yes. Right. Um, and, and I, and that is a, a, a shift as well with just like, we don't have to, we don't have to get our life perfect before we approach God. Mm-hmm. We don't have to figure out the right words before we approach God. We don't have to say the secret passcode to get through the doorway of the temple in order to approach God. He is already with us and he has chosen to be with us because he loves us. And he wants us to call on him. He wants that relationship with us. And and I think that's um that changes just our attitude with with prayer as well, just with this acknowledgement that he has chosen a relationship with me. Yeah. It's not it's not it's, it is me choosing him, but that's not the only part of the relationship. He has he has chased me. I mean you got He asked you out first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um and and you know, we we sing that song, um, Reckless love, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just about doesn't matter how far I run, he's gonna keep chasing me down. He's gonna keep knocking down walls. He's gonna keep mm-hmm. uh, following me, no matter how hard I try. He's he's always gonna be there because he is with us, and that's not gonna change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was the kind of guy. I was never gonna ask out a girl unless I was like ninety nine percent sure she'd say yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was not the guy that would ask a girl out over and over and over again to like try to wear her down to where she'd say yes to me <laughs> to go to go on a date. All right. Like that's not who I was. Um that's that that is who God is with us. Like he is he is knocking on our door mm-hmm. every day. He wants to be in that relationship with us so much. Like it is it is it is very poignant. Emmanuel is God with us, not us with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the, you know, even all the illustrations of, of there was this gap between us because of sin and, and Jesus comes and he's the bridge. 
okay, well, it's, it's still not even we have to walk across the bridge to get to God. God has walked across the bridge. It's, it's the story of the, of the parable of the lost son. He doesn't sit on the porch and wait for his son to get all the way up on the porch. Right. He sees his son off and he runs to him. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the God that we have. He is consistently choosing to be with us. Yeah. And we just have to live in those realities. And, and with all of that, in, our, in the spirit of this podcast, with we're trying to see what, how, does this, how do we live like a Christian the other six days of the week? Um, I think this is a, a really cool place to land this plane kind of thing where we often see the church as where we go to the church to experience God. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the most, uh, I mean, when you're getting to the heart of this whole podcast of the other six podcasts, we're looking at what it looks like to live a life of Jesus outside of the walls of the church, the other six days of the week. God with us is probably one of the most key things that we can try to understand mm-hmm. is um, God is with us even when we leave the church. We don't have to come to the church building to experience God. We don't have to come to the church building to worship God or to pray to God or, or to hear God speak to us. But the other six days of the week, all seven days of the week, however many days of the week, 13 months, doesn't matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, God is with us in, in, those, in those times too. Yeah. In the good times and the bad times, mm-hmm. God is with us um, at church, at home, at school, at work, in, in, you know, wherever. God is with us. And that should change the way that we go about it. We should, change, we should go about our day with confidence. Mm-hmm. We should go about our life with confidence that God is with us and he is protecting us and guiding us. And that should allow us to go about our day with um, joy, knowing mm-hmm. that that we don't have to live in fear, but we have con- we have we have joy that Jesus has um, has rescued us, and that the Spirit is living in us and working through us. And we should have faith in those conversations that come up, and and when when we're talking to the person in our workplace, um, and we feel the Spirit tugging on our hearts to say like maybe we should maybe we should just mention I was at church this week, and just mm-hmm. start that conversation. But we're scared. No, because God is with me, and I know that God is with me. And when we when we can drill into our minds that God is with us, period, <laughs> like God is with us, period, that should change the way that we live yeah. every single day. Definitely, I think that's a good place for us to to kind of bring that conversation to a close. Um, as usual, I mean, we hope that these conversations that we're having are spurring conversations in your mind and conversations that you want to have. And so, if you'd like to talk more. Uh, with any of us about God with us, please just reach out. We can continue those conversations. Uh, but now is a good time for us to close this episode with some Christmas movie trivia. All right. All right. This is 11 questions. Okay. And I got eight out of 11 right. And I'm not a big movie person. Okay. You guys know that about me. And so it is multiple choice. There's a few questions that I think are impossible to get, but I think most of these you're going to know and you're going to get, and it should be pretty simple. All right. uh, do so we get like double points if we don't need to? If you can get it without it, the multiple choice. If we want to guess without the multiple choice, we have the chance for double, but if we get it sure. wrong, we have the chance for zero. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't get yeah. You don't get to guess you after the no multiple choice. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. sounds good to me. Okay. And so I think we can do this pretty quick. It'll be good. Uh, this is... This one's a hard one, <laughs> so I don't expect you to get this one. How many lights were on the Griswold's house on Christmas vacation? Oh, house. man. How many lights? By the way, I, there's a house in uh, Winding Brook that looks like looks that. Like that. They've done the lights streamed down the siding all the way around it, just like this. So That's funny. if you want to see something in real life, it's out there. How many lights were on the Griswold's house on Christmas vacation? Anybody want to guess? I'm not going to guess, but I do feel confident after I hear the okay. answers, I might get it right. I have an idea, too. Multiple choice. Okay. 40,000, 25,000, 10,000, 
24,983. I, I think it's C. <laughs> that was what I had 10, in my 000? head. That seems like it's too low, but that's the number that I had in my head. Okay. If that's what you're already thinking, you're going to stick with it. Yeah. I, hmm. I, I really feel like it's D, that specific number, but the fact that it's the only specific number makes me think maybe not. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna say C or D. Sorry, the twenty four thousand nine hundred and whatever. And it was twenty five thousand. Ah, oh, dang it! So okay, those two answers are seventeen apart yeah. in numbers of thousands. Yeah, I knew I I knew it was in the twenty thousands. Um, that's what the thing I was confident in. I just I couldn't remember that line. Yeah. What is the name of the dog and how the Grinch stole Christmas? I, I'll make a guess without the multiple choice. I'll okay. see if he wants to do that as well. Uh, oh, I know. I do know it. I'll, we can do three, two, one, and say it at the same time. Yeah, let's want. do that. Okay. Three, two, one. Max. There we go. You both got two points. Well done. And this is another question from that same uh, movie. Finish this line from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It came without packages, boxes, or I know blank. this one. I know it too. And three, two, one. Bags. bags. There we go. All right. <laughs> I did not get that one right. So that's you guys are well ahead of me already. Don't test me on my Grinch knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that, those are the those are the only Grinch movies. I do know you love that movie, um, and you've got my family to love that movie as well, Preston. All right. In the movie White Christmas, what are the sisters' names? Oh shoot! I knew this one. I literally watched this last night. I actually have never seen White Christmas. Oh, oh yeah, so I'm big disappointment. I can sing you the song. I. Didn't pay that close attention. White Christmas has got to be the longest like non Christmas Christmas movie ever. Because yeah. it's it's vaguely about Christmas. <laughs> kind of. But that's it's, like such a small percentage of the movie. It's kind of like a, it's kinda of like what's that other one that everyone like the old one that everyone loves that's not a Christmas. I'm dreaming. No, oh, it's a wonderful know. life. A wonderful oh, life. Yeah. It's like it's Christmas adjacent, but it's Barely sure. a Christmas yeah. movie. The movie is so long that it starts well before Christmas, <laughs> but it finishes. No, I at think Christmas. it starts. It's, no, well, it starts several years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then lands at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, give me the answers. I will definitely get this right, but I can't so I'll guess. guess first. Okay. Because, okay. Yeah. Anne and Janice, Betty and Judy, Lizzie and Maddie, Alex and Beth. I would just go with C. I really have no idea. I did not pay that close attention. Give it to me one more time. Ann and Janice is A. B is Betty and Judy. C, Lizzie and Maddie, which is what Patrick has chosen. And D, Alex and Beth. I'm pretty sure it's A or B. I'm going to go with A. And it's B. Dang it. <laughs> Betty and Judy. And I, I, knew, got th- I got that one. I knew the guys' names. I could sing the song. I don't know if I could have. Sister, sister. <laughs> <laughs> you paid attention to everything except for the, the names. two names <laughs> of two of the four main characters. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sarah's See if we get back on. Sarah's going to be so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of the doe that Rudolph likes in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I'm going to need. I'm going to need multiple choice on this one. I'm. I'm. I'm going to as well. I don't think I would have got it without the multiple choice. Yeah. A. Noel. B. Sarah. C. Clarice. D, Hannah. I'm pretty confident now. Um, my guess is C. Yeah, that's that was that's my guess, and too. And that's the correct answer. Yeah. So you guys are still tied. Everyone you've gotten right, have you both gotten, gotten right? I'm both right, yeah. I think this is a layup. In Home Alone, where does Kevin's family go for Christmas? Which one? The original one? The original one. The first one. one. 
Oh, you say it's a layup. I do not remember. I. Oh man. Yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, shoot. I see. I'm getting them mixed up. I'm. Hmm. All right. Multiple choice. Mm. I'm gonna need multiple choice. Yeah, I did the multiple choice. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> A. Berlin, Germany. B. Paris, France. C. New York City. D. Los Angeles. I'm gonna say B because I was thinking France. Yeah, it's France. That's correct. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't guess because my my guess was going to be London. What's yeah. the they go to New York in the second one, or he no, goes. He goes, he goes to New, New York, York in the second they, one. They, I don't remember where the they plane. go though. They go somewhere else. They might go. They might be going back to. Uh, they go to Paris, Paris every time, maybe. I don't remember. I feel like. But he goes to New York. Maybe that's when they ended up in London. Is that's why you were thinking that? Maybe. I can't remember. All right, an elf, but he had to travel through which forest? Um. I'm gonna I mean, need, I'm, again, I'm I 100% I'm going to get this right because right, so I don't need the answers. I, I'm not 100% either, but I'm going to go out on a limb and guess, hoping to get ahead of Preston mm-hmm. and say it's a candy cane forest. That's my guess. I'm going to say that, and I'll get no point. I won't get to guess on multiple choice. Okay. You want the multiple choice? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm my For the record, candy cane forest is what I would have guessed, yeah. but I also don't know if it's like – Candy Cane Alley and the Gumdrop Forest or, you know, whatever. Here's the options. Candy Cane, Peppermint, Chocolate, Gumdrop. It's Candy Cane. Yes. So So Patrick gets two on that. Patrick is up one point now by taking the chance. Risk was good. All right, this is a hard one. This is one that I think could be a challenge. What color is the ornament that Charlie Brown puts on his tree? You know, the sad little Charlie Brown Christmas tree? Yeah, I think I know it. Um. Yeah, the thing is, if you give me multiple choice, I'm not going to get any closer to the right answer. So I want to make a guess just now because okay. it's the colors. So, <laughs> All right, so since you're losing, I'll make you. I'll let you make your guess first. All right, are you going to take multiple choice? Or are you going to make your guess? I I think I know what the guess. I think I know what it is. So I want to make a guess before multiple choice as well. Okay, let's do three, two, one. Red. red. Well done, guys. <laughs> you both got it. Good job. That's one I did not get. All right. In the movie A Christmas Story, what gift does Ralphie receive from his aunt? Oh, I know this. I know it before, too. Yeah. Yeah, so. Three, three. two, one. The pink bunny, bunny pajamas. Suit. <laughs> yeah, pink bunny suit is correct. Very yeah. good. Also, by the way, I get the Christmas, the, a Christmas Story movie is like, you know, nostalgic, I guess, and some people like it. I watched it for the first time within the last probably three or four years. I hate the a Christmas story. It is This is different movie. It is two hours of screaming kids. <laughs> it's my grandma's favorite movie. She, when it's on like whatever channel twenty four seven after a certain t- date, mm-hmm. it, that's all she's watching. If you watched it for the first time as a kid, I think you would really enjoy it. Sure. If you watch it for the first time as an adult, unless you love the sound of screaming kids, <laughs> then and it's who doesn't? torture. <laughs> we uh my family was talking about Christmas movies the other day around the table we're eating and uh, we were talking about which movies we need to make sure we watched this year and everything else. And I said something about a Christmas story kind of as a joke. And Bear was like, which one was that? And so we started talking about it. And he's like, oh, I hated that movie. It was stupid. And everyone's was like, yeah, we didn't like that movie. And I was like, Baylor, you were the one who thought it was funny. He's like, no, I didn't. And we started 
we started going through the movie and doing like some of the quotes and reminding him some of the scenes. And at the end of it, he's like, it was funny. We should watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> so by the end of it, I'd accidentally talked him into wanting to watch it again. <laughs> All right. Patrick's still up by one. What is the name of the head elf in the Santa Claus? Mm. I'm oh. going to need multiple choice, no, but I'm no, going to no, no, get no. it. I need you to give me just a second. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I know what it is. The head elf. I can see his face. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No, I'm so <laughs> mad. I'm so I mad. I think I know what it is. I'm not going to make a guess because I, if I get multiple choice, I think I'll, I'll be able to get it for uh, But sure. I, have to, I have to. I have to make this. I have to get, I have to get one up. This is the next to last question. There's only <laughs> one more after this. So what, you is get it, is the last question choice. an easy or a hard one? I could answer that, but I don't think it'd be fair. Okay. Am I up one? I'm up You're one. Up one. You're up one. Huh? Um, I man, I even know the first letter. What do you think the first letter is? I'm not going to say Oh, it. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> because I think... <laughs> I'm that was a real a, smooth move, Patrick. <laughs> I'm thinking of a name, too, and I was like, well, if he says that, then... I like, I, I'm like. pretty sure I'm, I'm confident in, like, at least... Four letters in his in his name, but I can't figure out which order they go in. Give me the multiple choice. This is dumb. You're good for multiple choice yeah. as well, Patrick. Yep. All right, Barnaby, Bert, Bernard, and Benjamin. All right, it's definitely not what I thought it was, but I think I know. Can you give them one more time? It's definitely exactly what I thought it was. Barnaby, it Bert, Bernard, Benjamin. Well, I think it's C, which is what Bernard. Yeah, it's Bernard. Okay, that's correct. Okay, Patrick maintains his. One point. Lead. I thought it was Gerald before. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. Three, two, one. Gerald. Gerald. <laughs> nope. Nope. Ah, I gotta get this last one. Last one. Finish this iconic line from "It's a Wonderful Life." Oh, I'm, uh, I'm out. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you might know this. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his. Oh my gosh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, ready? Eyelashes. All right, ready? <laughs> are, we, are we doing a three, two, one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he said eyelashes. <laughs> All right, ready? Three, two, one. Gerald. <laughs> That's, Gerald is correct. Yes. Every time a bell rings, yes. an angel gets named Gerald. <laughs> All right. I thought that was a fun trivia one that, that good. you guys would actually get a lot right. <laughs> Most it of the time, good. I feel like our trivia is how many wrong answers can I make you get? <laughs> that so kind of the point, though. That was a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> so Patrick wins. Yeah, it was good, man. I haven't won in a while. It's been yeah. a bit. All right. Yeah. So you've got you've got our trivia next time, then. Yeah. Yep. We want to thank you guys for listening in to our Christmas episode of the Other Six Podcast. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Patrick. My name is Preston. This has been the Other Six, and we will look forward to doing it again with you in a couple weeks.